Hello again, everybody. Thanks for joining us at localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm Tim Muma. Now, this is Volunteering At, where we explore the world of giving. In each episode, we learn about another way to volunteer and truly make a difference in the world around you. Today, we're looking at the American Cancer Society that, with millions of supporters, hopes to save lives and create a world with less cancer and more birthdays, as they put it. Now, to give us a better understanding of what ACS does and how you can help, Mary LaPrairie joins us on the phone. Mary is the volunteer coordinator for the Midwest Division of the American Cancer Society. Mary, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks again for joining us, uh, stepping in to talk a little bit about the organization. And uh, I guess first and foremost, to give people an idea of where you're coming from, could you briefly describe what your role is with the American Cancer Society? Sure. Thanks. What I do as a volunteer coordinator is when people come through our cancer.org website or the 1-800 number and they're looking for volunteer opportunities, I'm like the the first person they, they run into. And what I do is I talk with them about their interests, their skills, and most importantly, their availability. And once we, we determine those things, then we kind of look at where they are locally and try to find a meaningful volunteer opportunity for them that they're happy with and, and serves our mission. Well, then you are the perfect person for this show. We will dive into some of those details uh, you know, as far as how people can volunteer and, and some of those aspects you talked about. Um, but to sort of give a broad base a little bit, if you could, tell us a little bit about ACS, uh, maybe some of the values, the missions you have. Um, it's been around a while. Just, uh, you know, when and where it was founded. Kind of a nice summary of what sure. ACS is all about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's a good question because we've just celebrated our 100th birthday in May of 2013. Great. Yep. The organization was developed in 1913, celebrated our 100th birthday, and we all really want to not celebrate a 200th birthday. Hmm. We'd like to work ourselves out of a job, so to speak. And what we are doing to that end is Research. We are um, a major funder of many different cancer researchers at the young stages of their of their research careers. We also have prevention and early detection programs, being being you know very aware of what is causing cancer, mm-hmm. um, things like that. Patient services of those pa- people that do have cancer, getting them rides to and from their their appointments connecting them with other people that have had similar cancer, that they can um, kind of get some mentoring through their treatment and things like that. So research, education, prevention, detection, things like that. Oh, that's great. And uh, I think that's really cool that, uh, as you said, it's great to celebrate 100 years, but you, uh, in a way, you don't want to reach that next 100. So I I, I like that, uh, the way of thinking. And you, you mentioned a couple of the areas that people could help out and volunteer because I think a lot of times people think, oh, American Cancer Society, okay, you donate money, they're going to do research, technology. But let's talk about a little of those, uh, those roles that the average person could do to help out and to volunteer. What, what kind of things would they be looking at? I love that question, the way you, you phrased it, because you're right, research is really intangible to the mm-hmm. layperson. You know, we want to help, but I don't have a lab coat, I don't have a lab, and <laughs> And everything, but what I can do is help raise money to get those researchers, you know, in their labs and keep them going to reach the, you know, the next big thing, the next breakthrough. So one of the things that I personally have been involved with as a volunteer, uh, not as a staff partner, but as a volunteer, I've been involved with my local Relay for Life. And what Relay for Life is, is the signature fundraiser of the American Cancer Society 
it's been around, I, I believe, 30 plus years now. It started oh, wow. in Tacoma, Washington. Okay. Yeah. And basically, I always call it a party with a purpose. Relay for <laughs> Life will happen in 400 different communities, I think, throughout the, the Midwest, or actually more than that, I'm thinking Minnesota. But many, every community is going to have a local Relay for Life. So people come together, they form a Relay for Life team of anywhere between 8 and 15 people. They raise money, they send, you know, they send out to their Christmas card list, hey, could you support me? I'm going to be doing this. Right. So they bring money to the Relay for Life. The event itself takes place typically overnight. It doesn't have to be overnight, but the symbolism of that sunset to sunrise where a person going through a cancer journey is going through the darkest period of their life, but in it, you know, with the success that they can get through research and prevention and detection, bring them back into sunlight. So that's Relay for Life, and anybody can get involved with that. Going to our website, you can get, you know, get the information about which one is closest to you. You could be a volunteer, you could be a volunteer uh, committee member if you wanted to be part of the planning of it. Okay. Um, again, it takes, it takes a lot of people to put this, this community party together. Sure. So there's different roles with publicity or entertainment or silent auction, things like that. Um, but then there's also just episodic, we call, or day of volunteer possibilities where you just go and many hands make light work and you, you, know, you help, help put the show together. Um, or you form a team and you raise money, and that's that's the best thing you can do. Sure, no, that's great. I think that's a a wonderful idea. And now, is that something you said is it's you said it's across the country and and kind of locally formed? Um, mm-hmm. Is it all at, it's all at one time, all in one day, or it's not actually? They like to stagger them okay. because you know from one community to the next, um, so as many people can get involved if they want to go to their neighboring community and get involved there particularly the survivors, the cancer survivors. Sure. Those are the, uh, the celebrated guests of, of the event, and they wear purple shirts because purple is the symbolism of hope, and they take that first lap around the track, um, and they walk and they get celebrated and cheered. So we want as many survivors to go to as many relays as they can, so mm-hmm. they, we try to stagger them all over. Obviously, in Wisconsin, we're going to have those in the summertime so because they're outside. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, that, that's the Relay for Life, and it is nationwide. It's actually nationwide and now international. We were in 20 different countries. South Africa hosts Relay for Life. Very cool. Ireland is a big Relay for Life partner. Um, so, yes, it's embraced all over. Oh, that's awesome. I love hearing stuff like that. And hopefully our listeners will, um, you know, take that step and help out in any way they can. As you said, a lot of opportunities. A couple other areas I think you'd mentioned too, um, it might be little things of of driving an individual to appointments uh, or even just having a conversation. As you said, maybe they were in a, a similar situation with their treatments or with their diagnoses. Um, wh- why is that important? Why is that a, a factor when you're talking about the American Cancer Society and, and volunteering time there? Well, in many cases, so somebody's diagnosed with cancer, and it's, it's, you know, among other things, it's a huge inconvenience in, in that person's life as well as their caregivers. Mm-hmm. Anybody that is looking after them and wanting to help, you know, paid time off runs out pretty quickly, and the cancer appointment, the treatment appointments are going to be during the day, during the week. Well, taking public transportation isn't, isn't really the most optimal. Uh, you know, ideal situation for somebody that's not feeling very well after being, you know, given their dose of chemo. So our, we have a, a, just a magnificent pool of volunteers, again, all over the country 
that are trained and screened and background checked and everything that are volunteer drivers at the ready to take people to their, their treatment appointments. We have volunteer coordinators who call. They'll get, the, they'll get the request from a patient that, hey, I need, I'm going to need a ride next week or something. They start making calls to the local drivers, and one by one, if, you know, if this driver can't say yes, then they move to the next one, move to the next one until they line up that ride. If people don't get to their treatments, they're not going to make it. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, this is a service that is, is truly life-saving. And to your point, I think people who aren't in that situation don't understand you know, the time involved and how uh, you know, it is during the, the workday, essentially, and that it can affect people. So uh, hopefully that'll, uh, again, click with somebody who can maybe offer up their services during the week like that. But when we're talking about any of these volunteer opportunities, what do you typically see as the skills and personalities of, of individuals that really fit well or, or work well when you're talking about volunteering? You know, that's that too is a good question. You're just full of them. Oh, uh, thank we, you. <laughs> it's like I get paid to do uh, it or something. I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, that's why I like having conversations with the volunteers is because then I can, you know, I can kind of assess, are you a committee type person? Not, mm-hmm. not everybody's suited to be a Relay for Life committee member. You know, um, they, they choose to work independently. So we have those people that, you know, they, they want to get a, something to do, a task that is, serving our mission, but they want to do it on their own. And that's fine. We'll find something like that for them. They want to be right in it with, with the patients. So that's the person that is going to be a great road to recovery driver. They're not going to shy away from the disease or, or you know, somebody being not feeling well. So there's a good road to recovery, you know, profile. We have other, you know, office workers. Wherever we have an American Cancer Society office, there are times where we need people to come in and just, you know, just assemble packets of Relay for Life information. Mm-hmm. So it really runs the gamut, you know, but, and that's where it's important to make the right fit at the forefront. Sure. You know, we don't want to put a square peg in a round hole just because the round hole needs to be filled. Right. That's not going to be a long-term happy volunteer. So, um, you know, we really try to, to match things very well. And I think people find great, great fulfillment when they have found a good volunteer opportunity. You know, they, they, they can tangibly see how they are making a difference in the fight against cancer. You brought up the idea that, uh, you know, for the, the road to recovery and people helping out in that aspect and that there might be sometimes there might be some uncomfortableness. And I've spoken with people who said, you know, I just, I have some apprehension because I don't know what to talk about and I feel bad for them and they're in rough shape. And, and you hear these types of things and, and, you know, I guess it's understandable in a way, but what would you, what would be your response to those individuals who have that sort of uneasiness that they, they want to help, but they almost feel like they, they can't get past that sort of uh, empathetic or, or, you know, uneasy feeling. And that, and it's so real and you, mm-hmm. you just can't ignore it because that's, you know, that's your human emotion is coming through. So what I would say to those people is there's other opportunities. In sure. fact, I just had a call today from and it, it just blows me away, but I had a call today from a woman who wants to, wants to get involved. So, okay, let's talk about road to recovery or something else. And she said, well, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of unique. Tim, she lost her son, her oh. 12-year-old boy, back in October. Hmm. And the first thing I asked her was, are you ready? Because that, you know, we have to be sensitive to, to what we're talking about. It can be, we can get kind of calloused because we're around it all the time. Sure. 
but you know i wanted to make sure right away that she was she was ready for a volunteer situation because at this point of the, in the game we want to be there for her mm-hmm. and her family you know we as the organization but she assured me she was ready but not for pediatric cancer sure so go a different direction go to you know road to recovery for adults you know for adult patients we have an organization or a, a facility called hope lodge in Marshfield, right, uh, right by the clinic, that is, it's, it's, a, it's a lodging facility for adult cancer patients when they have to travel in for their appointments. Well, working with adults was a little bit more, more comfortable for her. Right. So, that, so that's, you know, just having a keen ear for what their situation is. And um, there are plenty, at, at Hope Lodge, you don't even have to really be shoulder to shoulder with the patients. You could be housekeeping. You just want to be sensitive to it because we want long-term volunteers and volunteers that that really feel like they're making a difference. And I think it's important, as you said, to to talk about those areas. And um, I wanted to ask if you had any other memorable stories that involve volunteers or maybe yourself volunteering you talked about, um, just ones that stood out or ones you think listeners would enjoy hearing. There is one. There, a young girl, she was, she was at the University of Minnesota. She and her friends wanted to help. And but they they didn't have transportation. They couldn't really get off campus. So we had this project with the Relay for Life. We have these luminarias, which are bag white bags with a white can, with one white candle in in it. Well, these candles are a cost to the event, and we don't like costs to our <laughs> events. We want to just make money. We don't want to spend money. Right. So we have all these candles, and they were in buckets and boxes and bags and and everything. Well, they needed to be re-kitted into a certain type of box that goes to the relay and everything. And so these relays that don't have a lot of money, operation money, so they don't have to buy candles. These kids, these students sat for afternoon, 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 listening to Pandora and eat, drinking their Starbucks. And they, <laughs> they refilled boxes of like hundreds of boxes mm-hmm. of candles. Right. Now, how does that help? How does that help fight cancer? Well, the money they saved by doing that on their volunteer time probably equated to about seven wigs for cancer patients Nice that we could then provide to cancer patients mm-hmm. when we had the wig center here or how many rides, you know, how much gas money is that that helps people get to and from their appointments. So while we don't earmark those dollars or anything, I was able to convey to these volunteers, look at what you did just mm-hmm. by, you know, this mundane project of, you know, filling, filling boxes with candles. Sure. Um, so there was that, and they're repeat customers. They like to come back and find other things to do, and, and hopefully they will continue to be Cancer Society volunteers as they you know, graduate and move on. Yeah, that's, again, that's cool to hear, just the, the way one little act can you know, help out in another way, um, and even if it's just saving money, is, to your point. Um, it, it does add up, I'm sure. So I, I think it's important for yeah. people to hear that. Yeah, and they're talking about it. They're right. talking about right. cancer. They're talking about, you know, let's not smoke or let's get early detection. And, you know, they're they're aware of it. And that's, that's just crucial that we are talking about this. Cancer is something that we need to talk about. And you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is part of what we're doing here. You know, another part of this, when we talk with, you know, we speak with job seekers, we speak with employers, um, of course, because people are always, okay, how you know, I'm trying to get a job or I'm trying to move in this place, move that place. And we always say, hey, volunteering is a a great way to add to your skill set or just really continue to learn different skills. What have you come across or what do you think are some of the skills and traits that volunteers 
to the American Cancer Society, been able to pick up and and you could in in essence transfer those into the workforce. Sure, sure. Well, I think any type of work where you're doing like a committee where you have to collaborate and problem solve and and make decisions and things like that, I think is easily transferable to the workplace. Being accountable really only to yourself because hmm. you're not you're not an employee, you know, but you've got this project or this goal you're trying to achieve. You have to be pretty self-driven when you're a volunteer, you know. Definitely, the society provides staff partners for our committees, and you know we provide the resources for everybody. But if they're not if they're not self motivated to to keep the ball rolling, then you know things will come to a halt very very quickly. So I think volunteers can definitely find resume material in their in what they have done, just by you know really examining what skills, what attention, what time did it take to 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 do this. Right. Well, Mary, we do appreciate, of course, kind of the inside look and, and some details on what it is ACS does and how people can help. Um, as we're getting close to the end here, I just wanted to ask you if you had any tips, words of encouragement, um, anything else you want to share with listeners in terms of volunteering or what they should know about the American Cancer Society? The opportunities for you, volunteers, are, are really what you want to make of it. And we are very sensitive to what you want to do and when you can do it. And literally anything and everything you do will absolutely make a difference in the fight against cancer. I think that's very well put. And I think uh, a lot of people we talk to as well say, just just do it. Just take that step and do it. You know, enough talk. Just, just go do it. That's right. When I was first approached to be a volunteer, I had, I had a yes or a no answer. Mm-hmm. And I chose to say yes at that time. And it has it has changed my life forever. That is a great way to punctuate this. Uh, Mary, how can people get a hold of you or how can they find out ways that they can specifically volunteer their time or, or money or in any other way, especially in their local areas? Best way to get in, in touch is going to cancer.org, C-A-N-C-E-R dot O-R-G, or our 1-800 number is 1-800-227-2345. And that's that will uh, that will eventually get you to me or your the appropriate person. Right. Okay. Well, perfect. Uh, you know, with that, we are going to have to wrap things up here on volunteering at and our peak today into the American Cancer Society. And we've been speaking with Mary LaPrairie, the volunteer coordinator for the Midwest Division of the American Cancer Society. Mary, thank you once again for sharing the details about ACS today. We appreciate the information and, of course, uh, the ways people can volunteer. So thanks again. Thank you. And we'd always like to hear from you, the listeners. If you want to get in touch with us, have any questions or comments, just shoot us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. And you can maybe uh, tell us what you want to learn about, about any of our podcasts here on LJN Radio. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.